Welcome to Doing the Most, the series where we talk about the misadventures of entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Georgie, execution strategist and serial entrepreneur. This series is here to get real about what entrepreneurial life truly looks like. We are driven, persistent, hardworking, ambitious. We are human, and these are our stories. Please note, all season one episodes were previously recorded for our video series. Welcome back to the Misadventures of Entrepreneurship. Today, our special guest is Monique. She is the founder and chief creative at Black to Business. But I'll allow Monique to tell you a little bit about who she is and the type of work that she's been doing over the last couple of years. Definitely. Thank you first for having me. I'm so excited to be a part of this project and thank you for having me on the show. Um, yeah, so a little bit about me. I am originally from Georgia. Um, I grew up in a small town, about 3,000 people, very mixed um, in terms of black and white, very small, close-knit community. And as you can imagine, being from a small town, you, you're like, what's outside of here? I have to get out. Um, so that was my story. So after graduating high school, I actually went to Howard University in D.C., and I majored in supply chain management in the School of Business. Um, and originally why I went to Howard was really about being, growing up in a community where it was, you know, you had black and white, but of course being in the South, there are issues when it comes to segregation, discrimination, dealing with all of those things. So I felt like once I graduated, I wanted to be in a place where I felt a sense of community when it came to college. So I went to a historical black college. Um, and of course at Howard University being the number one HBCU, um, you're really taught to, you know, be powerful as a black person, but also further your community. So for me, being an entrepreneur, you know, being always a creative, I always knew since I was little, I wanted to be an entrepreneur. Um, I thought, why can't I couple my love for entrepreneurship with my love for my community? I think that growing up in the South, you see a lot of, um, you know, those misfortunes and you think, well, why is it that we don't have power? And I think relating to that is the fact that power comes from business ownership. It comes from um, economic development. It comes from real estate. And those are a lot of things that the black community doesn't have. So instead of complaining about it, um, I created something that could provide a solution. And that's when I came up with the idea of black to business. I played with the idea after graduation, and of course, I just packed up my bags one day. I was initially interested in um, entertainment. I said, you know, entertainers are the biggest influence in the Black community. How can we use them to further our community? So I started, you know, looking into um, how can I start to interview entertainers, and I moved to New York because it's like, if you want to do entertainment, come to New York and go to LA. Um, so I came and I did a little A&R. I really didn't like it. So I said, hey, what's another way that I could come from this angle? And I thought, well, let's start just interviewing business owners. So Black to Business started off with me just interviewing business owners. And as a curious child, you're encouraged and you're inspired by people's stories. So that's the same thing that I want to do with Black to Business. So through that, um, I started really interviewing people, telling their stories, and people wanted more. How can we connect? So from that, I thought, um, let's do events. So the mission of Black Kid Business is educating our business entrepreneurs, but also connecting entrepreneurs. Because in the community, you do have to have business, but you have to have this kind of, or this sense of community when it comes to 
black entrepreneurship. So that's the problem that I am solving with black to business. Nice. Awesome. I'm really happy that you did that because a lot of times people feel as though when they are entering the business scope or when they have two passions, they can't merge them. So you have the passion for the black community and the passion for entrepreneurship and business. And you found a way to fuse that and make a business out of that for yourself. So congratulations with that. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about now, you know, your experience while being an entrepreneur of a black centered brand. I know before you, you were telling me a little bit about when you first started, um, you know, folks came up to you like, why is it focused on just black? Why is it not just for business? So could you talk about a little bit more about that and how that made you feel? Yeah. So I think, uh, it, it comes back to a lot of it comes back and I get this question on uh, people ask me, you know, I've gotten, you know, my, maybe you should change the name I've gotten. Maybe you should focus on minorities. And of course we have our thoughts about what a minority is. Um, so I think it goes back to background for me as a child. You know, I was always curious, um, but I always didn't go a, according to the path that people thought I should go. So it was like, if you tell me to do this, I'm probably <laughs> going to do that. And why are you telling me to do this? So I feel like, you know, I've been always been kind of self-aware. And with that, it comes, you know, it spills over into adulthood where you are facing these things where society says, okay, maybe you should consider changing the name because more people will be receptive to it. Or maybe you should consider, you know, changing it to a minority because for some, whatever the reasons are. So with Black to Business, when I came up with this idea, it was about, you know, being intentional. When you create something, you have to be intentional. So for me, the name in itself solidifies what we stand for. Um, whether it's my thoughts on what a minority is, when you think about Black, the state that the Black community is in, a lot of it is because you know, a lot of people try to, you know, scratch, only scratch the surface. They don't look to go deep on, you know, solving these issues. So for me, it's like, if we continue to do that, how are these things going to be solved? If we can't face front for, you know, what the issue is, how is it going to be solved? So with Black to Business, it was about being intentional. Why should I have to change the name? Um, there is an issue with the amount of businesses that are in the Black community that are sustainable. Mm -hmm. So there needs to be a platform that answers that problem and it needs to be intentional, but it also needs to be unapologetic in that mission. So I think with the name, it says a lot, but also the fact that we focus on a community that is, it's a part of who I am, but it focuses also on creating the sense of legacy to say the people behind us don't have to be apologetic about, you know, who they are, what they stand for, and we can be successful regardless of what society is saying that we can't do. Exactly. And I love, love, love that. And what you said, um, the word that resonates most with me right now is unapologetic. Right. And I think too many, oftentimes as, you know, a woman, as a person of color, as a black person, just we, we are often apologizing for our presence and our right to be in certain, right. certain rooms. So, you know, what kind of drove that unapologetic, apologetic attitude inside of you is there like a certain story from like childhood or young adulthood that you could kind of reference um i think it's okay so i think it really is it's about childhood honestly um it's about you know being in this small community yeah we have a sense of love i do appreciate the fact that i grew up in a small town but you got to recognize that with that comes it's in the south 
there's a lot of ignorance. Um, so for instance, when I was growing up, you know, I grew up where it just, I grew up and I graduated in, from high school in 2009. Mm -hmm. When I graduated, homecoming court was, you had three black queens and you had three white queens. Like mm -hmm. that's how it was. And it didn't change until about 2011. So, you know, growing up you're thinking like why is this and you know the same reasons are you know these people who are teaching us in school they have their kids that are going to these schools but they can't go to the same prom as us so you start to think about like me being an inquisitive child and going back to like i'm going to go against everything i need to find the answer to this um so that's one of the things and also i can say when i grew up i read a lot and i just remember in being in these reading competitions and i would never forget um you know, being separated from my peers because, you know, that's when you start to be broken up based on, okay, society or tests say that you know this much more. Mm -hmm. And you're growing up with these people like, why can't we be in the same classes? And we're being taught, okay, I'm better than you, I'm smarter than you. And you're the only black mm -hmm. kid in the classroom. And I think a lot of times in society today, we glorify, yeah, it's great to be the first, but it's 2018. Why are we still the first? Yeah. Uh, so I think that, you know, all of those things are reasons why it's like, you know, you get tired of it. And if you recognize a problem and you choose to do nothing about it, that's a bigger problem. So if you recognize a problem like I did and I chose to do something about it, you know, I feel like I'm fulfilling my purpose no matter how hard it may seem. 100% respect all of that because you see how it resonates, and like I hate, and 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 that same feeling, like you know, why is it the first? Like my grandmama should have been the first. Maybe my great grandmother, like not even like somebody that I even know. Like I just have memories of the first, and it's just you know still getting those titles. Um, yeah. And it's it's weird how a lot of people from the outside would say, oh, you know, the world has come so far, but it's like no, for you it might have come far, but for for me, we're still going through a lot of like stuff that looks like as a simple challenge, and I think that exposing that and just being really conscious of that right a lot of people not people that are not you know black or female or whatever it may be that are not inside of the demographic that it's affecting they they have a hard time understanding it and they kind of feel threatened by it it's just not it's not that it's about you it's about me trying to get to where i need to go not saying that you know there's something wrong with you or how you operate but if you start attacking me then then there's something wrong with how you operate within that so that's really um good to hear so now i want to take a little shift and talk about the the business right so back to business um could you just remind me when did you guys uh when did you start black to business so i started black to business it became an idea in 2013 um and i'll be honest and say within the last two years we really just you know took it full-fledged um and the reason for that being is, you know, you have this idea and you kind of play around with it and you know that it can be something serious, but I think there's a moment or a twist that happens. So for me, it was, you know, the Trayvon Martin situation, but it was also, I think the hitting point, and a lot of people may or may not remember this, but it was the basketball um, owner. He was owning the team and it was Donald Sterling. And I remember that he, it was like an issue with basically he didn't want his fiance sitting next to this black basketball player 
And I was just like furious. Like, why is it, you know, the, the tapes were released and all of those things. But I think that was a pivotal moment for me to say, like, there is really a problem. And, you know, people still having to play under this man and they kind of having to snatch the team out of his hand. You know, why are we put in these situations when we really mm-hmm. have, you know, systems and businesses in place that can, you know, say, okay, if you treat my people like that, I have a choice. I can't leave. So that is where, you know, I really, really started to really take it serious. And um, so since then, we've been going. Yeah, that's really good. And it's, you know, now we see a lot happening with like the Colin Kaepernick and like football. And I think it's just, it's, it's all about taking a stand because right. folks are getting upset about the wrong reasons. Folks from all backgrounds, black, white, they're like, oh, why is he doing this? And, you know, it's a lot of sport. It's like people don't get it. It's not about the sport. It's just about the messaging. And with the right. time comes change and involving. And if we're still being attached to, you know, whether it's the anthem or um, ideas and systems of over 100, 200 years ago, then have we truly progressed? It's, you know, it's, it's okay to understand history, but I think, history repeats itself if we allow it to repeat itself, right? And if we don't call out the injustices when they're happening and we just, like, let it stay and let it sink and let it sit alone, then it's just, like, why is it now okay when it was, when we've, we've deemed that, you know, 90% of that stuff is bad. We've all said, we've all, we all agree, 90% right. of that stuff is bad, right? Why are we going to keep this, this part portion of that? Why don't we just say, okay, it was all bad, let's make new, let's start over, let's, let's, let's go forward together as a society, as a people. So it's just really a hot mess. Um, and in terms of the business, like what was the first thing that you did to get the business started? So now let's talk a little bit about like the business setup. Did you have like funding? Did you just, you know, learn how to do it yourself? Let's talk about that journey. Ooh, this is adventures. <laughs> so Black to Business is 100% bootstrapped. And um, that is me, my own money, and what money we make from, you know, the products and services that we offer. So starting Black to Business, I started very lean. Um, Everything I learned, I honestly attribute to books, but also YouTube University. So I built my website. Yes. So that is, it's true. It's like when you have a limited amount of budget, but I also think that it's important to learn different things. Um, So throughout that, you know, I've had help people help me on my site, but just to be able to go in and because of the initial process, you know, tweak some things because now I know how to. Um, So a lot of it was, it was, it's me. It's me working um, on the website. It's, it was me, you know, interviewing people, setting up time, scheduling these things. It was me going to networking events on top of that, pushing people to the site. So um, just to even speak about, you know, the, the hardships or, you know, different obstacles that you face in. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I can say like, honestly, when I first moved to New York, you know, <laughs> excuse me, a lot of people don't know, but I was not employed. Um, so I remember moving to New York with one month's rent and I was like, you know, I have to come here because, you know, I want to get into this entertainment thing. And I know that my ancestors sacrificed and, you know, what's it for me, a college, recent college grad to sacrifice. Um, so I moved to New York and I just remember just like hustling. But at the end of the day, when I was broke, one thing I did always do is, um, I invested in my business. I remember 
having a consultant help me um, what I could pay every month. It was like, you know, this is what I could pay, but making sure that I was always investing in um, my business and this vision that I had. So um, those were the early days. And yeah, so that's how I really got started with Black to Business. And it was a lot of grinding and being at um, events. And I just remember the initial process. I was also, I had got a job, I was applying for jobs, and then another job I really wanted, I got that, you know, it was in a retail store because I was like, I want to own this sunglass line, so I started working at Oakley on the weekends, and when I tell you I had, I don't know how I managed to have control of my time to do <laughs> full-time weekend and black to business, I don't know, but so to this day, now I'm like, how am I struggling with <laughs> my time <laughs> like you literally have one full-time job and like the business like you know so um those were the early days but I think it's a, li a lot about you know starting with encouraging people to know why you do it and I honestly think that if people I've seen it time and time again if you start something for money you know you will not last because money will not come at first it will take a while to come so those are the tests that come and see is this something that you're really serious about so that's what happened for me yeah definitely I think um back to the what you just mentioned about in, in the beginning you were doing so many different jobs and like side hustles and it was just all fine and you could still even go out on the weekend probably still catch like a drink and catch a break I think it's just age or something or maybe the water in the United States has changed because I have <laughs> the same feeling when I first started in the ecosystem 2013, 2014, right. I, I went to school, I had a part-time job, I did side hustles, I had my son, I was dragging him with me, I was doing everything. I'm like, this year, a couple months ago, I tried to, you know, I did like a couple events and I was going to the city. I was like, why am I so tired? Tired, you're tired. I'm doing more of what I did before. And I was like, you know, I think it's the, the initial days, passion and hunger that it just yeah. feeds you and gives you all this, energy and I was just like insane <laughs> we're, we're insane now it's like okay how do you manage this time okay sleep is a priority so what happens is happening to be honest I just told uh, one of my older friends because uh, I love old older people I just remember telling her I was like I'm only 27 and I'm so tired oh my God, I'm so tired so I'm like retirement. What? Like, I was like, I can't make it. That's so. Yeah. Another forty years of this. <laughs> so it's real. It's so real. But yeah, that's Definitely. that's how it is. And then I want to shift gears again and like talk about the event space. So you're in the event space, and you also like you still continue to do the interviews. Um, talk a little bit about like why you decided to expand to events and what the power that lies in doing events is. Oh my God. So I, you know, I love, I've always been that person that if I know something or I know someone that does something, I'm going to connect you. So I've always been that person that saw the value of connections. And with Black to Business, it was really, you know, our mission is to educate and connect. So when you're starting a lean team, how can you educate? So for me, it was like, okay, I can't have, I don't have a team of bloggers, so how else can I educate people? So I thought, you know, all right, let's get someone on the podcast to really create this workshop style podcast. So you educating people through this podcast. So our podcasts are very educational, they're workshop styled, and that's what kind of differentiates our podcast. Um, so there's the educational aspect of it. 
And then you have this event space. So I'm trying to think, how did I even get started in events? <laughs> okay. Oh, so I know. I remember when um, the young man, I, I'm so horrible, but um, it was Castile was shot in the car um, with his daughter. And, you know, that really, it just really did something to me. And I was like, you know, how can we get people together? Like, what can we do for our community? Like, this is a real issue. So I remember I told one of my friends or, you know, the person who was on my team, I said, I want to create a general body meeting. And we, that happened that day. I said, I want it to be this week. And they looked at me like I was crazy. And I'm like, you know, we need to have it happen this week. And you know, I don't want no social media promotion because this is an action back meeting. You know, we need to be strategic. And that's how it was back in the day. You know, everything doesn't need to be on social media, all of these things. And I just remember um, people, I mean, we promoted it through just word of mouth. And people, I think we had over 150 RSVPs in three wow. days. So, you know, I was like, we have something here. And people were just really talking about what can we do and just action behind it. So that was the start of the event space. Um, so from that, you know, I thought, how can some other ways we create and connect for people? So I started, you know, intimate brunches that we do every year. And then from there, I, you know, I can say that us educating and connecting is not just about us educating and connecting for the community, but it's about, you know, these corporations that have these resources that we don't have. How can we create this sense of partnership so that, you know, you can push your business forward with these resources that are already out there until we create something just like that. So from that, I started, um, I did, you know, the Verizon event where we had a partnership with, with them. We did an ad, we've done two events with Google, um, teaching entrepreneurs AdWords, um, SEO, all of those things. So from there, you know, it's just about um, creating something that is meaningful, but also that people walk away with a plan. So um, next, we're going to move into the workshop space. So that's more so in-person education. And I remember us doing a survey, which is very important. When these people attend events, we ask them, you know, what is this something that you would like to see more of? And one of the feedbacks that we got was people wanted to see more in-person events. They wanted workshops, and they also wanted more Black business-focused events. Because we started out with just promoting other people's events. Because we're not about reinventing the wheel. It's like people are out here doing things. Like, yeah. why not? put each other on so that's really something I was very strategic about and really wanted to implement into the business model so, yeah, yeah that sounds really really good and, and you see what you just mentioned like you're talking about like the big name players Verizon Google and I'm pretty sure they came to you after seeing like you know the work that you're doing and a lot of folks they expect that work and that recognition up front but you know, if you want to like date it, you said this started in 2013, and I'm pretty sure these deals didn't start coming until like 2016, 2017. That's already 2018. 2018. Yeah, that's four or five years in. So yeah. I just want to reiterate to the audience like, you know, things take time, and you know, what you have to be doing really is like planting those seeds and watering them, giving them sunlight you know, giving them a little hug and nurturing, <laughs> nurturing your business, nurturing your projects, whatever you're working on. So that way, when your 15 minutes does come or when your food does bear, you, you, you know, you got everything ready, you got your stand ready to sell it. You got to, you know, if I'm doing like my fruit analogy, you know, take care of the, 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 the lemonade, the lemon trees while they're growing and then be hustling, building your, you know, your little table 
get your pictures ready, get your cups ready, because as soon as the lemons pop up, you know, squeeze them out and get, get your lemonade. Yeah. <laughs> and I wanted to add another point you asked me earlier about, you know, the name. Um, I just remember having a conversation, like after the fact, uh, with one of the people that I'm close with in the Verizon area. And I just remember, you know, people were saying, you know, I didn't really get it too much, but people thought, you know, why is it black to business? Or, you know, people would think that companies would shy away from that. Oh, we don't need that, you know, that type of press or all of those things. Mm -hmm. But it's something about, you know, being really focused, but also being, like I said before, unapologetic. Uh, because I think the thing is people don't understand, you know, when you, I see it all the time, you know, these companies are owned by black business owners, but they don't want to put themselves on the page because they feel like it won't sell. And I think that's an issue that we have to talk about as well when it comes to black entrepreneurs. And it's like, if you're not confident in who you are and what you stand for, how can I trust you with my money? How can I trust you to care for, you know, as a customer? So, you know, it's a testament to show people that us being, the name is Black to Business. Yes. So we've been able to create these types of partnerships. And had I changed the name, like, you know, I would have been just another, you know, somebody else. So I think that's important for people to know that, you know, regardless of if it seems that it's going against the grain, go for it anyway. Yeah, and that just goes back to your first topic and theme that you were talking about, authenticity, you know, being mm -hmm. really present in who you are and what you're doing um i don't know who said this or even if it's like a real quote but it's just like i've heard somewhere um if you don't stand for something you will fall for everything and so you know standing in your truth you know, we only got one life to live maybe it's right. like 100 years maybe it's gonna be 50 maybe it's 10 years long and if we don't fully accept who we are how we come packaged how we present ourselves and how, then how do we expect other people to accept us the way the way we are or you know we're trying to differentiate ourselves in a way that doesn't represent who we are or or interests and then we you know midlife crisis happens or you know always stressed out or confused or depressed because if you just show up as you are it's just going to give so much take away so much weight off your shoulders of having to you know put up that mask and and i think a lot of like the opportunities that I've gotten is just really being myself. Like, you know, when I first started going to events, I was like that young black girl that's like wearing like a, a hoodie or like a sweater and like some regular jeans and sneakers. And people were just like, who is this person? And I'm just like asking, and if I didn't understand something, they use like VR and A. I'm like, oh, what is, hey, what is that? Um, yeah. That's, that's what gravitated people to, to, to me and like what I was doing. And the same thing with you because, you know, I'm black, y'all. I'm black, y'all. Um, you know, that's what I'm doing, and that's what I'm about. And if you're if you're not trying to support that and be about that, I don't even want to have to work with you. And then down the line, we having discrepancies and problems and lawsuits. You know, if we this is what it is, take it or leave it. You can leave it. There's enough people that's gonna take it. I think it's so right. so important. Yeah. Um, we're coming to our time now, and I want to ask you one final question and. You know, we're talking a lot about authenticity. So, so for someone that's out there that maybe they started their brand and they kind of diluted it, how can they be more authentic or um, more present as their self in like social media when they're networking, just like a tip or two of, of how to do that? Um, I think it's, there's honestly, I think like how you go back to, you know, the way you, you present yourself. And I think us being in, 
you know, this information overload age and time where we're seeing, like we were talking about before, some people feel like success is this microwave thing. I think with that, a lot of people, you know, we are so tough on ourselves, which is great, but you also have to be gentle with yourself because you're the, you're on your team. Like at the end <laughs> of the day, you have to do and take care of yourself because if you're not doing that, you're not propelling the business forward or you might fall out and what, who's going to take over. So I think with being gentle with ourselves, we have to think, okay, it's okay if you mess up, go back to the drawing board and really take that time to see, you know, where are these areas that I can twist or tweak? And then another thing that I would encourage people is, you know, ask the right people for advice. Um, you know, when it comes to friends and family, if they're not in your industry, <laughs> that's it. Because if you do, you know, you're running around and you're wasting time. So I think going back to the drawing board and um, re-looking over your plans that you set. And I was just telling them, um, I worked with some clients um, and I, I was telling them that the important thing is proper planning. Like before you do anything, before you build a website, I know it's great to, okay, I just started and I just did it, but really take some time to do proper planning because when you don't or you feel like you're questioning your why, if you have that plan in place, you have something to reference. Um, so I think, you know, look at people who are not in your industry, who are doing well and who can inspire you and take some of their, you know, their methods that made them successful and try to implement a few into your business. Um, but I honestly think it's never too late to go back and look at the plan and also tweak the plan. Um, it's not in stone. And that's what innovation is, honestly. Yeah, definitely. And I got another little quote that I don't know who said it, where it came from. But it's like, you know, if you, if you, <laughs> um, if you fail to plan, that means you plan to fail. So I was like, definitely. Yeah. I think, and then people, again, you can go back and adjust your plan when necessary. And I think I want to re repeat what you said, you know, go and talk to people that make sense for, for the advice that you're looking for. You, you're not going to talk to a dog walker and ask a dog specialist and ask them, hey, my cat put up a hairball. Do you think they're okay? Like, if they have no expertise or no knowledge, then they can't really give you the support or the insight that you need. And I'm not saying that they need to agree with you, but just give you the proper direction. Yeah. yeah. And you can be inspired. And that's why I'm like, you can have those, you have those plan in place. And you know that honestly, the, the early stages are so critical from who you would take advice from. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're a dog walker, really take advice from a dog walker. And when you got the gist of it, if that cat walker is se sending email newsletters and they, they're pushing it and you're figuring out how can you send a newsletter like that is something that maybe you can get that advice. But once you have that proper foundation, mm -hmm. they, talk to that catwalker because what you don't want to happen is your vision to be swayed definitely not even in your industry so yeah yeah, yeah thank you so much monique um for being here on doing the most misadventures of entrepreneurship guys you can find out more information about monique in the caption section uh feel free to leave any comments she'll be watching them or reading them and thank you and we'll catch you next week on doing the most thank you yay thanks Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Doing the Most. Catch us here next week, same time, same place. If you can't wait, head on over to doingthemost.xyz to stay connected. Until next time, keep on doing.